I think sometimes mm-hmm. in our lives nowadays, like people will avoid telling that like the truth to others because they're afraid of hurting feelings. And, um, yeah, I just have never backed away from that because, um, being nice isn't nice. Welcome to the four fires podcast, where we talk about winning in all four of the essential areas of life. Well, welcome to the Four Fires Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the professional fire with my good friend, Bo McClintock. But before we get into that, I want to thank you, the listener, for being here and listening to the Four Fires Podcast. This podcast is a production of the Four Fires Nonprofit, and the Four Fires Nonprofit's mission is to build an army of four-dimensional men and women through awareness, ownership, and discipline of the Four Fires. And many of our resources are free or oftentimes discounted thanks to the generous listeners like yourself. So if you would like to see others' lives impacted like yours has been through the Four Fires content, like the podcast or the Four Fires tribe or being in a fire circle or going through the small group content, please consider giving a donation to the Four Fires nonprofit. For more information or to make an online monthly or annual donation, you can send an email to info at fourfires.com or you can click the link in the description. Today, we're talking about the professional fire. So, Bo, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm going to give you a second to introduce yourself. Tell us how old you are, what you do for a living. Tell us who Bo McClintock is. Uh, yeah, what's up, guys? Jeff and I go way back to college. Uh, we played college baseball together. It was awesome at Point University. Let's see a little about me. I got done playing baseball about two or three years ago. And when I finished my baseball career, I made the decision that I wanted to go to the next step with my girlfriend now fiance at the time um, and moved from Oregon, which is where I'm from, to Minnesota. And so when I got here, I actually took a college hitting coach job at Rochester Community Technical College. It's a Division three junior college here in Rochester, Minnesota. And then from there was, you know, working at a baseball facility and kind of over the year, year and a half, I, I got the opportunity to buy in as an owner. And so I guess I would say my title is owner, operator, and entrepreneur looking at different things and basically running that business now. And yeah, I mean, I'm getting married in October. I'm really excited. She's awesome. I love her. And yeah, I would say that's probably the biggest or the best introduction I could do. I, I mean... By trade, I'm a hitting instructor. That's what I what what I initially wanted to do, and then slowly throughout that process, kind of moved into different roles within the company. And now I wear a lot of different hats, so it's good. It's good. It's good to learn different skills, and I really enjoy it a lot. So yeah. How old are you? Twenty six. Sorry, I left that part out. I'm twenty six years old. Twenty six. Yeah. Well, I, I, I actually I actually couldn't remember if you said it or not. <laughs> So for those for those of you who uh, may not be aware, on this podcast we talk about the four fires. The four fires are it's a philosophy, it's a framework for how to win at life. And the four fires are your professional fire. So we all have a craft. The professional fire is our craft and how good we are at converting that craft into cash. And then we all have a people fire, which is our relationships with our family and our friends and how we build those and maintain those because we're not designed to be alone. We should share our life with others. And so the people fire is an essential area of life. And then we all have a physical fire. The physical fire is made up of how we eat and how we exercise and maintain the body that God has given us to live our lives, do the work that we do, and make memories with the people that we live our lives with. And then we have a purpose fire. 
Our purpose fire is about our soul, and it's about our connectedness with our God, recognizing that we have a soul. Our soul has a creator, and that creator cares about us and wants to be in relationship with us. And he also cares about the way that we live our lives, and we call that part the commitment. So the purpose fire is about our connectedness to God and our commitments to him. So today we're going to be talking about the professional fire. And so, like I said, it's made up of our craft and our cash. And Bo, you just shared a little bit about what you do professionally. And then you said that you're a a hitting instructor. Uh, Was there anything else you think that you would say is your craft? Like what are your unique gifts that God's given you to bring value to the world? Yeah. um, I would say that, I don't know if there's like a title or anything for this, but I would say that I'm a problem solver, you know, and, and what I mean by that is, is, um, uh, you know, in the simplest fashion, like, you know, the company or the whatever has an issue or something that we need to get accomplished. Um, and originally that started with me giving hitting instruction. Right. So like for me, I was solving a problem of like, okay, what does this kid or athlete, you know, have in their swing or in their baseball development that we feel like we need to get better at? And what can I do? What answers can I find to help them get to where they want to go? And as I've gotten older and I've kind of moved into these different skill sets, the problem solving has become more and more on a larger scale, whether it's now like financial problem solving or scheduling problem solving or shoot. I mean, there's so many things that I didn't know actually went into running a a baseball facility. (laughs) It's like even like the other day, like we had a power shortage. (laughs) like in the middle of practice, you know, at, at our facility. And I'm like, okay, yeah. well, we got to figure this out. Like, we still need to get this work done. Like, I'm going to give you this to do yeah. while I try to figure this out. And like, basically being able to like, you know, take those different times where like stuff, it's, you know, crap, it's the fan stuff, it's the fan. And it's like, okay, how do I figure this out? And how can I keep the, the, the line moving and get everything done? Whether it's, you know, a situation like that, or we need to fix something in the facility or, you know, one of my athletes is having a bad day. You know, I mean, there's so many different walks of life that walk into that baseball facility um, that feel like they can trust me or yeah. another one of the coaches, you know, to talk about their life with. You know, I've, I've, I'm really lucky because I get to use baseball as a way to help those and like be a mentor, hopefully, to those kids and yeah. those athletes. And I think that's really the best part of like what I do is like I get to impact a group of kids and the same struggles that I probably had when I was their age, when I was 14, 15, 16, um, and walk through that and be like, Hey, like, just so you know, like I failed a lot at this game and I failed, like I failed at different parts of my life. Like here's what I did. And like, I think that might've worked or here's what I did. You should never do it that way because it didn't work, you know, and being able to like give those kids answers to different things. I mean, dude, even, you know, there's been times in the facility where like, you know, a lot of our kids are getting ready to learn how to drive, you know, and they're like, well, I got to take the driver's test. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. And there's been times where I've sat down and I like, you know, we took the, we took the practice test online together, you know? And I was like, well, I don't know some of this stuff, but I'll, I'll sit here and do it with you, you know, because they need, yeah. you know, people need that, that, that person they can look to that, you know, they feel that they can trust. So I feel like my answer is pretty long winded, Yeah, but, um, that's good. That's awesome. I feel, I feel like a big part of your craft is leadership and relating to people. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, it's being able to em- empathize and sympathize with, with others and the things that they're going through, especially at that age when, you know, they're 14, 15, 16 years old and man, there's a lot going on. Like, you know, you're in high school, there's a lot going on. Even some of the younger kids, 
you know, but being able to be a, a voice of reason. And, and I think quite honestly, the best thing or like one of the, the hardest but best things about it is being completely 100% transparently honest with every athlete. Because I, I think sometimes mm-hmm. in our lives nowadays, like people will avoid telling that like the truth to others because they're afraid of hurting feelings. And um, yeah, I just have never backed away from that because being nice isn't nice because they need to know those answers, you know? And if I, if I yeah. sugarcoat everything for everybody, obviously based on the kid, you know, you know, they, they actually don't get the answers they need and that's not fair to them. Um, you know, and it's my job to give them my most yeah. honest, transparent opinion of like what is happening, whether it's in their life or in their baseball swing or, you know, going on with like their college recruiting, you know, I mean, shoot, that's a, that's a tough conversation too. And, you know, a kid comes to you and he goes, Bo, I think I could play at LSU. And I go, you can't, but not right now, at least like, I love you, but like, you're just not ready to yeah. do that. Like yeah. you're a, you're maybe a, mm-hmm. a division two kid right now, or a division three kid right now, which is nothing wrong with I me. Mean, everyone has their different path. You I mean, mm-hmm. shoot you and I played NAI baseball was awesome. Like, you know, but yeah. you know, having, having, that, having that conversation yep. with those kids is the hardest part. But I also know it's like one of the most rewarding because I know that I'm giving them the answers they need to hear that maybe someone else is avoiding giving them. Um, so yeah. Right. Yep. It's being, being authentic. Yeah. Being real. I had a guy tell me, uh, his name's Matt Butler. So shout out to Matt. He, he said that nice guys are lame. Good men are what this world needs more of. Mm-hmm. And then he said, I'm, I want to be a good man. And I think that's what you were just describing. I, a good man is somebody who is, he's not a jerk, but he says what needs to be said because he, he ultimately cares about that person. He doesn't just want to make sure that he's not offending them. Well, it comes from a place of love, right? And I, I think I always, I think I do a decent job right. prefacing that with every one of my athletes. I say something along the lines of, I'm going to tell you this because I love you blah 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 like i want them to know that like yeah. it's coming from a place of me not just like oh but woke up on the wrong side of the bed today and like wanted to be mean to me it's like no i'm going to tell you this because like <laughs> i've had i've had some of these experience like within this light in the baseball world and and it's important and i and i actually love having people around me that do the same for me and i'll give you a really good example a, a mentor of mine um he's helped me out so much along the way since i've been here he, uh, you know, we had a really hard conversation one day because I told him, I was like, I'm ready to run the company. This was like a year ago. And he's like, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, Bo, I love, like, same thing. He's like, you're going to be able to do it someday. Like, you're going to yeah. be able to take care of it. Today's not that day. And I was so mad. I was so mad because like, I was like, mm. putting all this time <laughs> in, I put a bunch of work in. He goes, you're just not ready, you know? And he's like, I mean, just simple stuff. And I look back and I was like... Man, he was so right, dude. Because like I, I was, right. I was, I wasn't, I wasn't ready. I mean, there are certain things I'm still not ready for that he's still kind of preparing me through and walking me through. You know, mm. I would not be in the mm. place without him for sure. But you know, 25 year old Bo, a year yeah. ago, Bo was like, I can do it, I can do it. And you know, of course, that's what I say to anything. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll run it. Like, I'll figure it out. You know. And then there's other stuff going on. I was like, you know, I didn't know how to do that. Like, and I'm really glad I I wasn't yeah. by myself when that, when that thing like happened that I I could actually be ready to do it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So one, one of the 
big first questions I wanted to, to ask you and, and talk through is, so in the professional fire, you know, you and I are pretty young and there's a lot of young people out there that may be listening to this podcast or even people that are later on in their career and they might be looking to make a shift, maybe go take a big leap, take a big risk and start a business or just switch companies or whatever the case is. There's a, there's a scary, uncomfortable leap that maybe a lot of people are having to take. And so you've taken that leap. And so the question I wanted to ask you is talk me through taking that leap into the unknown of starting a business or, uh, yeah, of, of, or of stepping into an owner and operator role of a business, of, a, of an existing business. You know, I, I would say that some of that comes from my past experiences just in my career as an athlete, you know, I, I went to a few different schools and had some things kind of not go my way and some different things, but kind of the long story short of it is I was always willing to bet on myself. And I always felt comfortable with my back against the wall. I just knew mm. no matter what that I would either work hard enough or work smart enough to get myself in or out of any situation I needed to. And so when I moved to Minnesota, I think I had a thousand dollars to my name. I think that's what I had when I moved here. Wow. Um, and I'll never forget. I went to the baseball facility and they had an open house for me. Um, and this was like in January of 2022 and uh, we had an open house okay. and I was like, um, you know, to be like a hitting coach instructor, give lessons, group training, whatever. And nobody showed up. Nobody in the town showed up for anything. And I came home and, and I like looked at Danielle and I was like, I might be in, you know, this, I might have to go get a different job. Like I might have to do this. I said, yeah. I said, if I can get one kid, man, in, just a gut punch. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty devastated. I was like, Oh man, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know? And, um, it, it, it really sucked because like, I knew that I had the capabilities to teach athletes how to play the game of baseball. I knew that I knew that in my like heart. And I knew that I could relate well. And I knew that coming from Oregon where I was kind of doing like some of that training stuff, like the kids loved it there. I was like, I just know as soon as I get the first kid in the door, I'll be fine. And, you know, sure enough, yeah. like two days later, I get a phone call and they're like, Hey, like we want to start this up. And I mean, I'm just so excited. I was like, okay, you know, cause I'm coaching at the college at this time. And, you know, to be a college baseball coach for a division three junior college, I mean, you're getting paid nothing basically i mean you get a stipend and you know i mean it's definitely not enough to cover the bills it's it's something to do but but yeah i mean yeah um yeah and then from there just like it was one after another and then it was exponential growth and then i got to a place where i was like i can't actually service all these kids um i have to like put them in groups or um i have to do it this way or i have to like kind of hire help like, uh, you know, and, and, and I, I got to that place, which then that brought a whole nother set of, you know, difficulties and things. But man, I can tell you what, there's nothing like scarier than being like, okay, like, I don't know where my next paycheck's coming. Like, I'm going to have to go get a job somewhere yeah. else doing something else. And so I feel like as humans, we have one of two choices. We can like either back down or like, you just like drive harder, you know, and you go, you go and you try to make stuff yeah. happen. And I just knew that like I'd been in that position before in my baseball career. And so like, for me, it just wasn't like 
there just wasn't another option. Like th there was no other option. Like I, I was just going to be, yeah. I was going to be good at what I was going to do. And then like, I, I was just going to figure it out. Um, and so mm -hmm. I would say like for the person that, and obviously I'm very young. So like, it, it's kind of hard to, you know, maybe hear this from someone that might be younger, or like just starting out in their, you know, your career. If you're going to put your chips in and, and, and go for it, like, and bet on yourself, like, then go for it and bet on yourself. You can't be half in or half out. You have to full right. knowingly know that like you are the right person for that position or like you love what you do. You're going to get that accomplished one way or another because there's nothing that drives you more than fear for me, like fear of failure, like getting that, like not like allowing that to happen. Like I just wasn't going to let it happen. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll work and do these different things. And like, you know, in the very beginning, I worked a lot of days, man. Like, uh, you know, when we were, yeah. when we were getting this going, especially in the winter time when things got really busy and you know, I think I worked 87 days in a row, like I just did it. I was like, I'm going to do this. And, um, it was really hard on me mentally, but I told Danielle and myself, yeah. I was just like, you know, if I can get through this now, if I can, if I can do this now and I can be successful at this now, I'm never going to have to do it again because I'm going to put my time in to set systems mm -hmm. in place where I can develop other people into these positions where then I can like oversee the company and not have to do that, that hustle, that grind of like working that many days in a row for long hours, like doing all this stuff. Because I knew that if I could get through that, that I would come out on the other side, like much, much better and more ready to learn how to develop better systems to like help only myself, but like the company. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what was the, I guess you kind of already touched on it a little bit probably. Um, but what was the hardest or scariest part? I know you'd kind of said about like, oh, I don't, I don't know where my next paycheck is going to come from. But what, what would you say is the hardest or scariest part? I would say that I would say that, you know, like, like you know, financially not knowing yeah. where everything's coming from. But two, like, doubt starts to set in on your skill. It might not even be your fault, right? Like, no one, no one knew it existed. Um, like, no one really knew I existed until later. But there was a point yeah. where I was like, okay, like am I just like not as good at this as I think I am? Like, is it not going to work? Like, am I not as qualified yeah. to do these things as I think that I am? And like, I felt really, really at that point in my career, I was definitely on the, uh, Oh, there's a, Oh my gosh, this is going to kill me. Um, there's like a scale. Um, the Dunning Kruger effect. You heard of the Dunning Kruger effect? I have not. Okay. So the Dunning Kruger effect is like when you start out with like a skill set. Like you start at the very top and you think you're like the man, like you're, you know, everything like you're like, I know how to do this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. Right. And then what starts to happen is you kind of go like down a little bit to the bottom and you don't think you know anything at all. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm teaching everybody. Mm. It, sometimes it's referred to as imposter, imposter syndrome. You're like, I don't know anything about what I'm doing mm. actually. So I went from like, I'm the man to like, I actually know nothing. And then you come out on the other side and you're like, yeah, I know some things, but I have some things I need to learn still like, and that's kind of the end of the, the effect. Yeah. Um, and so I would say like at the beginning of like that time when like people weren't really like showing up or in the door, I was at the bottom of like the Dunning Kruger effect. I was like, I, not only can I not get anyone in the door, but like, I, I might not just, I might not know anything actually. Like I might be completely wrong, you know? And yeah. I mean, shoot, Jeff, you know me for yeah. what, six, seven years, 
is that too long? Maybe five years, five or five, seven um, years. Yeah, maybe not that long. I think it was two thousand or let's see, two thousand twenty when we. Oh wow! Okay, met. so three. Okay, it's so three years. Yeah, and and Jeff knows as well as anybody. Like I study hitting, like it's like it's well, it's like my day job. That's pretty much what I do. I mean, I was in that batting cage every single yeah. day, trying right. to learn what was going on, um, help my teammates, trying to help myself. You know, because mm-hmm. I had other aspirations. Like I wanted to be the best player on the team, but also too, like I wanted an opportunity to get into, you know, have a, you know, a professional baseball career. And so, like, right. So, like, yeah, I was like, well, I think I know this stuff. And then, like, I got to that point. I'm like, man, maybe I don't know. You know, and and <laughs> you know, those first couple months in, you know, January, February, March, they were pretty slow. You know, it was it was pretty slow, and I was kind of making by. And, um, you know, I was coaching the college team, which I loved. I loved coaching the college team. Like, uh, you know, I didn't get paid much for it, but I mm-hmm. loved it. It was, it was yeah. um, one of the best moments of like my like life was like watching those kids develop. And I can tell you, one of the worst moments mm-hmm. of my life is when we lost our regional playoff game to go to the the World Series. Dude, I mm. I cried like a baby. I love those kids so much. I cried in front of them. Yeah. I was, I was so, yeah. I was so devastated because I put so, like, we'd put so much time in together. They're like my little brothers, you know, because I was only like twenty four, yeah. you know, and so yeah. a lot of those kids were like nineteen, <laughs> right? So yeah. like, it, we weren't like that far off. And so when I saw all of them devastated, it was like, oh my gosh, like, because it, it's like, it's like when you lose, like as a player, when you lose, like you're sad, but like you're sad for yourself, kind of like you're you're sad for the team. But when mm-hmm. like you're coaching, right? I was sad for 25 guys. Like I was like upset for 25 yeah. people that I was like, I had a, an impact on their life. And so, yeah, that was really difficult. But um, anyways, I, I kind of got away from what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then <laughs> tell me what your, what your favorite part was. What what was your favorite part of taking that leap into like the big risk, and then what was the biggest thing you've learned? The biggest, I would say, my favorite part, honestly, is watching kids grow and who into who I know they can be, like as humans. I would I would be lying to you if I told you that like having a paycheck like all the time now like works. Like I like that a lot. Like I'm not saying it's my favorite part, but it definitely takes some stress off. But I would say my favorite part of being there is and like doing those things is is literally just like the everyday interactions I have with every one of those athletes and like actually getting to teach like the craft and like have those conversations and watching those kids have like the light bulb moments where it's like, oh, this this worked. Yeah. And I was like, yes, dude, I knew you'd get there. I just didn't know when. And like, I'm so happy that you did because like. I know that you can do this and seeing that trans tr- that transition from, you know, how that, how that impacts their baseball career, but how that actually impacts them as, as humans. I mean, they're just like, you know, when they get something right, then they're more confident and they're more confident in their real world life. Um, you know, and, and that's so cool because like they have a place where they can go to and they feel like it's safe. And like, I get to be a part of that, part of that opportunity and that journey. And, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is incredible, um, for me to be able to be a part of that. Um, what was the other question? What was my, what's the biggest thing you've learned? 
Oh, that's a good one. I would say the biggest thing that I've learned like through this whole process is that um, you can't do everything. And I think I have this issue of, of trying to be the person that accomplishes everything for the, for like our task and like our company and like for other players. And I've realized that not everything that I say has the same impact as maybe what someone else says. Um, and what I mean by that is mm. I might say something to a kid about something involving their, you know, their baseball or their life or whatever. And then someone else might tell them and it might click for them more for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe it's a connection mm. thing. It's a whatever thing. And I think for me, like accepting yeah. the fact that like it was okay that, I didn't, I didn't have to run every program or do everything or fix every problem. Like right off the jump was like, yeah. you know, I, I could delegate some of those things. I could be like, Hey, like, can you help me with this? Um, you know, cause I feel like when you're on this journey of like, I would say like entrepreneur or whatever, you, you kind of feel like you're on an Island at times. Like you feel like you're running yeah. everything, you're doing everything. Yep. Like, you know, what you make is, you know, what you, what you make is what you pay yourself. Like, you know, so you kind of like end up on this Island a little bit and you're like, okay, well I have to do this, 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 and this, and it all has to be done by 8am tomorrow. Like how, how can I like delegate that within the company to go and say, Hey, like we're going to like pay you to do this role. I really need you to do a good job of it. And like, this is how we're going to pay you, you know? And it's like, okay, great. Like, yes or no. Like, yeah you know, yeah. and, and trusting somebody else. Yeah, it's, with man, like, it's management. It, it is. It is management. Getting work done through other people. Yeah. And we talked about it before where you were like, there's nothing in this organization that I'm going to ask someone to do that I haven't already done. Right. No. And I think that's like the biggest thing. And I, t I explain that to every guy that I work with and every employee that I've had now is dude, I've cleaned the bathroom at the facility. Like I have, I have mopped the floor. I have vacuumed it. I have called, you know, I, I had to go in there at 10 o'clock at night because our toilet exploded one time. Like someone called me, they were in there and I was like, okay, like I got to go in and take care of it because I'm, I'm in charge of that. You know, like any, any tournament yeah. that we put together, any camp that we put together, like I've done it now, you know, and that kind of like yep. reverts back to like in the beginning, when I was like, you know, I worked all those days, I knew that I was building skills. And I think that's like a really big mm. thing that like gets missed out on is people pay you for your skill set and the skills that you can provide to a company or to the world or whatever. And so when I, when I learned this, I was like, okay, well, what skill set can I learn to provide a good opportunity for our facility, for my family, whatever? You know, and then figuring out how to learn and do those things with the help of others was super, super beneficial, you know, because for me, I'm really hungry to learn how to do those things because I do want to learn how to run a company and do it the right way. And I'm probably going to mess up a couple of times on the way. Like, and I'm okay with that because I know that I'm going to be a hundred percent invested in like the learning of the skills that I want to learn how to, I mean, I would say my most recent one right now yeah. is, um, the biggest thing I'm learning, you know, we're having teams for the first time. We're having fall baseball teams. We have five teams we're running with like 12 to 13 kids on it. And I would say the biggest yeah. thing I'm learning right now is like accounting and budgeting of like, okay, 
How much can I pay every mm-hmm. employee? What expenses do I not yeah. know that are going to come up that I need to set aside for? You know, how much do I pay the company itself? Like how much do I pay myself? You know, there's some guys yeah. that are more valuable than others that I need to pay more um, to make them feel whole. All, all kinds of different stuff. And it's just been like, man, you know, you run through and you run through the numbers and it's just like, I mean, I'm becoming a Google spreadsheets like wizard now because I'm like going, okay, like this is how we're going to yeah. go through this. Like, you know, and somewhere along the way, I'm going to learn a better way to do that. It's just the way I know how to do it right now. And I think that's like the biggest thing that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that's my biggest skill that I think I'm learning right now in this moment is like, okay, like how can I like financially run this part of it more efficiently? Cause there's more numbers involved mm-hmm. now, you know, it's a little different than like, Hey, I need you to help me with like, like we're going to run like a, a Christmas break camp. I need your help. I'll pay you 25 bucks an hour to do it. I mean, that's super easy math, right? Like write a check, yeah. super easy, yeah. right? It's like, now it's like, okay, like I have, mm-hmm. you know, 10 to 15 people that I got to pay. And how do I do that and help them through that um, and have those discussions with each of them? You know, because not every one of them is just like super pumped with the initial offer they get. They're like, hey, I think I should deserve more. Yeah. And I have to have that conversation just like I do with athletes. And I have to say, unfortunately, we can't pay. You're probably worth more or 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 maybe you're not. Like, you know what I mean? Because it's like, I'm like, hey, you know, like, yeah, unfortunately, we just this is the what we're going to pay for this job and this rate. And I'm sorry. And I would love for you to be a part of this. But I understand if you don't feel like this. You know, and I've learned how to do that better, yep. you know, yep. because like the first time I did that, like, you know, I had those conversations. It was really hard. I'm like, okay, I should probably give them more of this or whatever. And and then it was like, actually, no. And, and here's why, because of this, this, and this, like, you know, we, we feel, you know, based on the market, like in what other baseball facility jobs pay in the area, like this is what is, you know, comparable, and, you know? So it's like, yeah. it's like that whole effect of, of, of learning, like I said, learning these different skills where, you know, they're hard to learn at the beginning. But I do know, like, once I have that experience, that 32 year old bow is just going to have no problem, like, dealing with it. You know, I can go learn the next set of skills, the next yep. set of skills. But, like, I have to go through this. And young guys, I feel like, have to go through this, like, growing pain. Of like doing these things i'm really lucky that i have people around me that can help me with these decisions and like help me kind of guide me you know not everyone has that yeah. you know but I, I would say that's like the biggest thing is learning all the different skills it takes to actually run a company and we're a small company don't get me wrong but we like to expand the company yeah you know we like to have more than one at some point you know we like to have two or three or you know whatever wherever you know the sky you know the sky's the limit you know but Right. Learning those things is, is, you know, on a very simple, small business scale, like I got to learn them now and then continue to learn them as I go. And then hopefully be able to teach people those skills as well. So then they can do a good job at like whatever, you know, the company delegates to them. And then I can say to them and say, Hey, I, yeah. I went through these things as well. Like this is part of it. And, um, this is what we think it's worth or whatever the case is. Let me, let me ask you this. Um, when I graduated from point, so you graduated a year before me. Mm-hmm. So when I graduated, I came to work here at lead advisors uh, for Alan Kemper. And after I was here for six months, 
he asked me for on our six month check-in meeting, he was like, have you learned a lot since you've been uh, out of college and working your first full-time job? And I said, I've learned more in this first six months than I learned in four years of college. And I was curious if you had the same similar experience with, uh, when you first started, like, did you learn way more once you actually started doing the work yourself and having the experience than you ever could have in four or five years of college? 1000%, not even close. Like, I mean, I learned more through doing my own, like having my own experiences, having mentors, like talking to people that are, have been through what I want to go through, I guess is a way to put it. Um, and getting their yeah. insight on different things, listening to very, very, very highly intelligent people, like either on podcasts or YouTube or, or, or whatever, um, whatever platform they might come on. I'll tell you this, as crazy as it sounds, I've learned so much from Twitter and Instagram. And if you look in the right areas, hmm. it's unreal. You know, I mean, there's yeah. some stupid stuff that happens on there. There's a lot of knowledge out there. But there are so many people and they're giving it, they're giving it away for free, you know? And I'm like, wow, that's really mm. smart. Like, you know, not only did <laughs> you say that, but like three other people that are smart said it too. So like, I'm feeling pretty confident. That's a good idea. Like, you know, so like, yeah. let's, let's look through this. You know what I mean? And you look through like mm -hmm. people that are highly, highly intelligent, whether that's in your hometown or like, you know, outsourcing and trying to find those people like they're all over the place. And like, I just so much in like that first year and even now still like, I'm like craving that, craving that experience and the experience that others had before me. Um, you know, and, mm -hmm. and there's some people and I, I won't never, I'll, I'll never say never, but I mean, there's people that I've met and talked to that have ran multi, multi, multi-million dollar companies and they're the CEO of those companies. And I'm like, wow, mm -hmm. like, how'd you do that, dude? Like I'm running a baseball facility and I'm like, like, I feel like there's days where I'm like, whoa, this is a lot, you know what I mean? And, and they're, and they're just like, yeah, but I had to yeah. go through these experiences and it took time. Like, you know, I wasn't, you know, he's like, I wasn't CEO of a multi-million dollar company at 26. Like I was CEO when I was 42, you know, like, or, or, right. you know, they're older, they had some experience, they went through some of the ropes, they learned some different things. And so it's like, okay, wow, if I can learn from people like that, you know, I mean, in terms of school, like, it doesn't even hold it. It's not even close. Like, and I'm sorry. <laughs> not even close. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I've learned way more in the last two years doing this than all my years of college, like put like together, you know, because the thing is, yeah. and, and college is great. Um, you know, and, and people get degrees and it's awesome and, and, you know, it leads into a job and, you know, whatever. But even now, like if I were to like go hire somebody like at a, like a higher level, I, I would want to know what their experiences are and like, what is their skill set like outside of like what a piece of paper says mm -hmm. when you hire people and you go through different things. And I'm sure you, you guys feel this way as well. You need people in your foxhole. Like you need people that you can mm -hmm. count on and, and, and be there and like take care of like this, like baby of a business that you have, you know? And, and so I feel like it's more about like, okay, did the, does this guy have, does this guy want to learn the skill set that we want to teach him? 
you know, can he, can he learn those things? Is he coachable? Like, could we get him to do these things or is he just like a really like hard guy to get to show up, you know, like just different stuff like that, I think. And I'm sure you guys experience that too. It's like, okay, like, yeah, you might have a college degree, but you might, you know, not have the willingness to learn or experience or do those different things. That's good, man. Yeah. So for, Anybody that's out there that's been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you've heard us talk about discipline is a muscle that can be exercised, just like your bicep is a muscle that you can exercise and you can make it stronger. And so discipline, discipline is different than motivation because motivation is emotional and it it goes up and down. So one of the questions I want to ask you, Bo, was, um, so motivation comes and goes. So what are the little things that you say to yourself maybe every single day or, or just in the times of the day, either in the beginning in the middle or the end where you're just like, Oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I'm just I'm done. I want to, I want to go to sleep or whatever it is. What are the things that you tell yourself to help you continue to exercise your discipline muscles? Um, so I hope this doesn't come off wrong. Um, I tell myself I'm the best at whatever I'm doing and here's why, like, and, and like, not like, not like in an arrogant way. I don't say it out loud. I have a I have a goal to grow our company. That's my goal. And I know that every day there's going to be days where I don't want to get out of bed and I just want to hang out and eat ice cream and and just chill. Like there's the, the, like anyone that tells you those days don't come, they're lying to you because like they do, man. Like they they are there. Yep. They hit you square in the face sometimes when you least expect it, especially if you like or high stress or high anxiety, you know, sometimes you wake up and you're, you know, you're like, Oh my gosh, I have a million thoughts rushing. Um, and so one way I get myself out of that is, is I kind of trick myself. I I just tell myself that like the best entrepreneurs in the world, like wouldn't quit and you're one of the best ones. So like, why, like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, it it sounds bad. Like it it sounds like arrogant. I'm I'm following you. But like, I have to convince myself on the days that I don't want to be convinced. Like I have to trick myself into doing things, you know, and being like, well, Mm -hmm. like you're one of the best athletes or, you know, you're one of the best people or I'm saying athletes do this, you know, like, Oh, I'm the best, one of the best athletes in the world. Like I'm fine. Um, you know, I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. one of the best, this, I, I can do this. I'm this way. Like, uh, whatever. And so I think in terms of exercising my discipline muscle, I would just say that like, I just have to get stuff done when they need to get done because they need to get done. Because I truly believe that like, I'm going to be one of the best at whatever I do. And I ask myself like, okay, would the best do this? And the answer is yes. You know, they would get this done. They would do these things. And so I convince yeah. myself that like, I'm the best because there's days where I wake up and I feel like the worst, you know, and it's like, and some days take longer yeah. to convince myself than mm-hmm. others. You know, I'm like, man, this sucks. Like I got to go to the facility and vacuum this. Yeah. I got to do this. I got to train with this. I really don't want to go there today, you know? Um, but then I'm like, okay, well like the best, the best hitting instructors would go like, and I'm one of them. So like, I have to go, <laughs> um, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I would say that, that answers it, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I, 
I, I think it can be it can sound like arrogance, but I totally follow what you're saying. Rachel and I have a similar thing that we talk about specifically with our physical fire and exercising and eating right. And so Rachel's actually the one that told me this. In the morning when you, you your alarm goes off at 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock or whatever time it is for you, and it's like, all right, it's time to go to the gym before work. Every Every day, I'm like, I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. I just want to stay stay here and stay asleep. But the thing that Rachel and I talked about was similar to what you said, telling yourself I'm the best. A question that Rachel and I ask ourselves is, what would the most fit version of me do? Would he lay here and stay in bed or would he get up and go to the gym? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's the same thing with with your with business, with the professional fire. It's like what would the best professional version of me do would i lay around like you said and eat ice cream and just lay at home and and try to hide from my problems or would i get up and go face it head on and so i i think that's more of the thought process more than just like kicking back like i'm the best i'm the best like right it's it's not it's not that yeah arrogance yeah and i think in parts of your life it like ebbs and flows you know like there are times in my life where you know the the professional fire I would say probably holds more like weight than the other parts, you know? And I'm like, I really need to dedicate time to this right now, you know, or like in my relationships, I go, you know, I really need to like put my laptop down and I I need to dedicate some time to like my relationships because like, that's not the best version of myself. Like when I'm doing this and I think I do a good job of catching myself when I'm overweight in one area. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because I'll be mm-hmm. like, well, I, I got to work. Like kind of going back to like the, you know, whatever, 83 days in a row. It's like, yeah. Um, 80, 87 days in a row. Yeah. 87 days in a row. Um, it's like, yeah, well, you know, Bo, um, you're a little overweight in the professional area when you like really lack in some other things. And like, it's catching up with you on the other side. Like this part might be going really well, or like you might be grinding it out, but like, man, these other areas suck, you know? And so it's like, okay, how can Mm -hmm. I find that balance more? And I think so much of that is like timing and like in seasons. And I feel like it's so hard to judge like what your balance really is um, until you, until you go to each end of like the spectrum on each thing, Um, you know, because you got to know it's like, wow, okay, this is like too much. Like I can't handle this. And then you're like, dude, I'm not putting any time into this. I have to like dedicate some time for this. Um, you know, and I think that's, Mm -hmm. that's the thing. And I think that's what separates like really, really intelligent people is they have the mental awareness to understand what's going on. And I think as we get older, I think that comes easier with the experiences, you know, because you're just naturally like, I want to do these things and I want to really accomplish this. And then you're like, was it really worth it? And you're like, maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, would I have been happier doing these other things and like maybe doing less in my professional side? Maybe, you know, but it probably just needed to get done this way right now. And so that means somewhere, somewhere along the way, like I had to communicate that to somebody or like something and go, okay, like I need to dedicate my time to this right now. Like I got to try to get back equal when the time is right and, and do those different things. I mean, I'm sure you experienced that too. Like where you're like, okay. Yeah. I put way too much time into, um, you know, my, my, my business, you know, and it's naturally it's like, okay, like, yeah, 
I, I have to take some time away. Like I have to like, let it go. It's, it's going to be okay. Like it's fine. Like if I'm not taking care of this right this second, the whole place isn't going to burn down. You know, at the very beginning, yeah. I thought that would happen. I mean, not literally, but like, I was like, man, if I don't like answer this phone call right now, they're, they're never coming back. Like, you know, like, so, you know what I mean? Now it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, it's after seven o'clock, dude. Like yep. I'll call you tomorrow. Like, you know, and, and that's okay. Yeah. Like, right. Um, right. but finding that, like that schedule yep. discipline, I, I feel like is super important. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and you, you just said it, it's okay to have seasons. Yeah. So it, it is, it is okay to be like, honey, I'm about to work really hard for a couple weeks or a couple months, like 14 hours, 16 hour days, whatever it is, because I feel like I need to, to get the business going or to, we got this, whatever. It's okay to have seasons like that, but it's not okay to have a life like that where you only, so the metaphor is you have your logs every day and they represent your time, your energy and your resources. Yeah. It's not okay to dump all of your logs on one of your fire for decades. Yep. I, you know, it's funny. I had that conversation with Danielle in the winter. I said, I said, Danielle, I just want to let you know I'm going to work every day, like this winter, like I'm going to do it. And I'm yeah. doing this so that I never have to do it again. And we never have to do this again. And when the time yeah. comes and like you and I have kids, if I can build this up now, I won't have to miss, you know, my daughter's dance recital. Like I won't have to miss my, yeah. my son's baseball game. If that's what he wants to do, you know, we can go and do these things because I'm going to work really hard to put myself in a position of ownership where I can now delegate mm -hmm. those things to other people and they can do it. And I don't have to worry about it because I know that I put people in the right place and then we can do these things because I don't want to sacrifice that time with my kids when we, when we get to that place, you know, or with you, I said, I just got to do this now. Yeah. Like, just bear with me. I love you. Like, but I'm going to do this for us right now. And I mean, honestly, thank God for her because I could not marry anybody else because she gets it. Totally gets it. Like, she's just like, she you do, it. <laughs> you, you do, what you got to do, you know? And I'm like, okay. Like, and yeah, that is so important, you know, because I, have that relationship where I can go, Hey, I'm going to do this. You know, there's been times too, you know, she's called me out on it. She's like, you work too much right now. You don't need to do that. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I trust you. I believe you, I'll, you know, like I'll figure it out. Let me, mm -hmm. let me get this done right now. And then I'm going to put it away or like, I'm going to do this or, you know what I mean? And we, there's always yeah. that sense of like communicating and compromise and, and, and doing those different things where I think as long as you have that communication skill, like, and you can talk through it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and right now I feel like my, my, you know, professional fire is probably the one that's the most going on. I know that when October rolls around and there's nothing going on, it won't be the professional fire. It'll be like, okay, we're going to like work out more and we're going to do some different things. We're going to spend some time with, with Danielle. I mean, I get married in October, like I said, like. I know that's a really, really down period. Yeah. You know, I know, I know there's down periods that come and go and, you know, you're like, okay, like, that's all right. Like that's, <clears throat> you know, I'm going to work this hard right now, but I'm going to take these times to do these different things. Walk me through, what is your best daily routine look like? So what the ideal day, what do you want it to look like? I would say like my best day right now 
would look like I wake up in the morning, I work out, have breakfast. I do all my meetings or, or like paperwork before, you know, any, anything I need to get set up like tournament wise or, or if we're doing any camps or training or whatever that case is scheduling, you know, working on the business side of things, mm-hmm. I would say that, uh, I go to work like, or, you know, I go to the actual training part of my, my day, you know, so I, I'd say I have two jobs. I have like an mm-hmm. operation job and then like both the trainer job. So like then I go train the kids, <laughs> right. um, yeah. you know, and that will be from around three to, you know, sometimes nine o'clock. I mean, shoot, there's, there's days where it gets really long. Um, you know, but hopefully with the systems we have in place this upcoming year, we'll be done by seven. Um, cause getting home at like nine yeah. 30, is just not worth it. Um, so go in, we train kids for a few hours. Um, and yeah, I mean, that would probably be my best routine day. I would also say in the morning or that night I meditate. That's when I feel my best. Mm. Um, when I'm meditating, yeah. I'm taking care of my mental health. Yeah. I, I would say it's super important. I, you know, I did that when I was playing too, and one thing I kind of got away from when I was done playing, yep. I didn't realize how much it uh, it affected me when I didn't have those things, you know. So definitely meditating, eating right, um, drinking lots of water. I know it sounds kind of basic, but like I like to be bu- mm-hmm. I like to be busy. It sounds weird. Like I love my downtime, but I like to be busy. Yeah, you know, I like to be moving, getting stuff done. Like you know, working out in the morning, you know, getting stuff done you know, on my laptop in the, you know, the midday and then training kids in the afternoon and, and then coming home and seeing Danielle and talking about her day, and, you know, doing that because I know, I mean, I love her to talk my ear off though, like nine o'clock at night when I get home, <laughs> she is just so ready to just like yeah. tell me. And it's so funny because like, the one thing I, you know, I've gotten better at is, is, you know, let's say I get home at eight o'clock and I've been training kids from three to eight. Well, I just like got done like just speaking and all these different things for like five hours. I mean, I am instructing for five hours, you know, and yeah. it's tiring doing that. Like, you know, you, you know, you're talking, yeah. you're using your brain or whatever. So when I get home, when I get home, you know, Danielle is just so ready to talk, you know, about her day. Cause she hasn't seen me and I love her. Like, like I said, and I just tell her, I'm like, I'm like, hon, I need 10 minutes. Like just give me 10 so I can just like, like be not work bow and like just home bow like but i gotta decompress for a second yeah exactly like i just need that transition time and like we've gotten really good if you like well you're even better than i am yeah i need like 30 minutes i go i get home and i'm like rachel some days i can just walk in and and just go at it start talking about our days and stuff but sometimes i'm like rachel um, i just need 30 minutes to go sit in my little man cave and like piddle with something and just like yeah calm down for a second yeah i just like there's such a transition right it's like okay to going through that and, and i told her you know i'm like i just need this time it's perfect because like yeah you know at first she, you know, when we first like you know whatever she she's like oh do you just not want to talk to me i'm like no like it's not at all i just like i just got done like speaking like for five hours like i need like mm-hmm. some time to just like i mean it could be anything it could be drinking a glass of milk it could be watching youtube like it could i mean it could literally be anything um i swear um you know and so yeah yeah <laughs> just uh, something to to yeah to switch switch over to 
um, work, the work day is over. Yeah, literally, you know, and, and, and some days like those days are really long. I mean, you know, some, I, you know, I explained like my best routine day would be, I get to work out in the morning and do these different things. Maybe there's other days where I work out and then I'm at the facility, like doing stuff, fixing stuff. And then we're training kids. And then I got this phone call with a different parent and, and talking to our, you know, other you know, my kind of like my partner now and doing those different things, getting different stuff set up, communicating emails, like all, all the different stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. dang, I need more than, I need more than 10 minutes. I just need a nap altogether. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like just yeah. complete shut off, you know, even, the, even during the, like this week, it's like, you know, I would definitely say my physical fire has not been really great in the sense that like, you know, we're moving right now and I've been doing this stuff. I, mean, I get to run around on the baseball field, which is pretty cool. Don't get me wrong. I love that part of it, but yeah, you know, we're like, we're moving, yeah. we got no food in the fridge and it's just like, okay, like what do we have to eat? Well, I'll pick us up sandwiches. Okay. Thank God. Because I am starving and I'm moving stuff and moving this and, you know, going to practice and, and different things. And, um, you know, but it's just like one of those weeks, it's like, okay. And, you know, kind of reverting back to like the discipline thing. I just feel like in people, you know, men, especially there's like this thing where you just got to get it done. Like stuff just has to get done. And like, yeah, it just, there, there is no time to like, it's just going to sound bad. There's no time to be motivated to do it or let alone even disciplined. It's just like, <laughs> it just has to be done. Like, like, you know, and I yeah. talk about that, you know, like doing like admin stuff you know, like sending emails and, you know, my partner is like, yeah, I know you've been kind of taking the brunt of that, you know, whatever. And, you know, cause he's transitioning over from a different company and I'm like, you know, dude, I hate it. Like I really do, but it just has to get done. Like, or this isn't going to work. And yeah. I'm the guy that in charge yeah. to do it. Like, you know, so it's either, we don't have a, like, you don't get like, none of us get paid or like get what we want out of this experience for our athletes or, you know, I, I make sure it gets done. So, um, yep. that just, that just brought up a thought. I wanted to touch on that. One of the last questions I wanted to ask you was what are two or three or what are the two or three most impactful books that you've read that you would say everyone must read? Um, I would say that Tim Grover has two books. One is called relentless and one is called winning. And I think that every aspiring entrepreneur athlete, Anyone that wants to be good at something should read it because it really goes in depth of what it takes to win and like what it takes to do things the right way and like how to get to where you want to go. And yeah, I mean, he talks about like, you know, Michael Jordan and and Kobe Bryant and like their work ethic, their overall work ethic and how like it, how good and how much time it takes to be good at things, Uh, you know, and there's some stuff in there that like could be controversial, I would say. Like I would, I would definitely say there's some mm-hmm. controversial topics in there, but the one thing that you like anyone can take from it is like how hard you actually have to work to be like the best at something, you right. know, and how much time it takes and how much effort and all those different things. And I think everybody can do a good job of that. And there's just so many good stories in there about different learning moments and shoot, man, I, I just, I would say those two books and I would say, cool. Um, I would say chop wood, carry water. Um, I cannot remember who it's by. It's, I think it's John something, but that would be a fantastic book too. Basically. Sounds good. I have to check that one out. 
basically just tells you how to like keep moving along, like how to keep doing stuff, like how to stay disciplined in your mm-hmm. everyday life, like the things you need to do. And shoot, man, I, I'm a huge fan of that. I'm a huge fan of that book um, as well. Well, Bo, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. I've, uh, like always, I always enjoy my conversations with you. And I did want to throw out anybody uh, that's out there listening. We do have another 30-day ruck coming up starting on September 1st. So if you're unaware, the 30-day ruck is a 30-day challenge for living four-dimensionally. So there's a lot of tasks that you're going to commit to do in each of the four fires. Uh, during those 30 days, there's things that you're going to commit to abstain from. There's weekly meetings that you'll meet with your facilitator and the guys that you're going through the ruck with. And uh, you get a cool backpack and a cool journal. There's a lot of the tasks require some journaling and and uh, vision and dreaming. So uh, super cool 30-day challenge. Um, had a lot of guys. There's a podcast um, with some testimonials of guys that have gotten a lot of value from the 30 day ruck. So if you're interested in signing up for that challenge, uh, click the link in the description or click the link below uh, and click September 30 day ruck. Um, With that being said again, Bo, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I look forward to maybe potentially recording another podcast with you in the future. So go live intentionally and we'll catch you on the next episode of the four fires podcast.